The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Hello and welcome to the film and TV show with me, Richard S. This podcast episode is an interview with the amazing horror actress Kate Davies Speak, whom I spoke to in regards to what it's like to be an independent actress. We spoke at length about her upcoming films, The Barge People, Cannibal Farm and Dead Air. And she also gave some very sound advice for any of those who are looking to become actors or actresses. I really hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Thank you to alive. A week ago, me and my... Um friend that we saw something. It must be about that. Mum, you need to leave. Listen to me, take the car, go as far as you can until you find the nearest person. Let them take you the rest of the way. I'm ending this. Why should he? You're nobody. You've arrived from nowhere and you've nowhere to go. Little shit! That was my Louis Vuitton bag. But I do believe you're the very last one he'd like to talk to. So, if you'd be so kind. Let's go! Don't do it, please. You're not like them. Hi, Kate. Hello, all right? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? You are okay? I'm not bad, thank you. Sorry I was a bit late. I've just spent the last 20 minutes just trying to balance my iPad in a position <laughs> where it will just stay. Honestly, it's ridiculous, but yeah, I'm fine otherwise, thank you. No, no worries, that's fine. Thank you for taking the time to see me and to have a chat. Let me just turn my... There we go. There you are, hello. hello there we are. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I really wanted to speak to people to do with independent films because I've just done a film festival and it was phenomenal. Oh, cool. Which festival was it? Uh, St. Neots. Okay. So I've just done that, and I just, there's a couple of films I've seen that are just absolutely phenomenal. And it's, because I do film and TV podcasts, and it's all like the main, mainstream stuff that people know loads about, I really wanted to kind of yeah. focus on stuff that people didn't. Yeah, too um, right. So, and I, I actually watched your, your video about, uh, about Dead Air. So I had a little bit of a read about it. It looked really good. Yeah, Dead Air was a lot of fun. <laughs> Because that's all. It's all based, obviously, you know, based around being uh, up in up in a plane and being attacked. A bit like snakes on a plane, I would imagine. Yeah, it was very um, kind of comedy. It was a bit like, um, I mean, the closest thing we can kind of compare it to really is Gremlins. Okay. Um, so it's like Gremlins on a plane. <laughs> so see, now that is awesome. Gremlins on a plane just sounds amazing. <laughs> so, so talk to me about what it's like uh, as an independent actress, because obviously you can't can't be easy for you guys to to really get out there well in some respects it's not but I guess actually um having stuff like independent film actually makes life um a bit easier for an actor because you can find opportunities to work if you kind of go down the conventional route of the career very often you're kind of sitting there waiting for a call from an agent or a casting director um to go and audition for tv and film or what have you but with independent film you can meet filmmakers you can go to screenings you can um hand out your business cards you can take a genuine interest in what people are working on and um if you're lucky they you know they get back in touch and they want to work with you i, I mean i i count myself as one of the lucky ones i i think because i use social media so much yeah uh, I'm able to put my name out there, which is something that I never really felt um, I was I would have been able to do otherwise. You know, it's, it's kind of what people want their agents to be doing for them, but you kind of have that control yourself. 
so using social media, I'm able to meet independent filmmakers. And um, yeah, as I say, I feel, I feel quite lucky. I've had um, this year in particular, I mean, I've been working pretty much flat out and uh, I've done some really, really fun projects. So it's it's been cool. Yeah, I had a quick look on, on your IMDb. You've got loads of films coming out, haven't you? You've done, yeah. you've done a hell of a lot lately. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's kind of the payoff, really, is um, you just work, you keep working, and then um, when you kind of have a, a quieter period, which I'm just approaching now, because I literally just finished my last project um, that I'm doing this year, uh, now is where I actually get to sit and wait for things to come out, and then I can start promoting them, and I love going along to the screenings as well, because that's kind of the bonus, really, is a bit like uh, when an actor's in the theatre, they get to actually see the audience and, and get a gauge of whether or not they've yeah. enjoyed work. And for us, really, now an independent film, it's actually sitting in the audience, enjoying the film ourselves, or being quite surprised by how it turns out, but also seeing whether or not people have enjoyed it or not. So um, I did that actually just uh, two weeks ago. I went to the screening of one that I shot at the start of the year called The House of Violent Desire. And uh, I was really nervous before it came up because I did not know what to expect of that film at all. And I had a brilliant time. People seemed to really enjoy it. And uh, I was yeah. really, uh, yeah, I was just really impressed with what the filmmakers came up with. So. Awesome. Yeah. How did you, how did you, because is it predominantly horror films and, and that sort of films that you like to do? I, I mean, I will work on anything. I love all types of film, really. I have kind of, um, I suppose I've kind of put myself more on the radar as a horror film actress because um, the work comes in that way. And I'm quite um, pleased to be known as a genre actress. Um, I enjoy horror. I grew up watching a lot of horror. Um, and I think with independent film, horror is something that people find more accessible. Like, so it's, it's something that they can shoot on a tighter budget. Um, and also horror isn't just sort of one specific way of filming something. So, say, for example, The House of Violet Desire, the one that I just mentioned, was actually more like a gothic period drama with an element of horror. Um, and then there's other films. I've worked on like Escape from Cannibal Farm, which is much more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's an outright gore fest. Um, but you can have different variants on horror. So I'm quite pleased to get a chance to play very, very different types of characters, but within that genre. Um, but that said, you know, I work on a lot of other stuff. I've done I've done some comedy. It's um, I don't enjoy comedy quite so much. Uh, I, I think anything that actually gets me to do something... Um, that I particularly enjoy, which is kind of physical acting. So anything a bit action-based, you know, yeah. handling weapons and, and doing choreography and stuff is what I really enjoy. Okay. How did you get into to acting and, and being becoming an actress? Because that's obviously not something that people just kind of fall into. <laughs> no, I mean, up until I was about 18, I, I had no massive interest in being an actor um, because when I was at school, we had to choose between drama and other subjects, and I was much more into art and design. Um, I wanted to be a graphic designer or design video game characters. That was my first kind of passion. Um, but I kind of, I literally did stumble into um, an open audition, just an amateur production of West Side Story. And um, I got a really cool part in it, the character of Anita, who really, a really awesome character. Um, and loads of people kind of said to me at the time, oh, you know, this is something you should be doing. You're really good at it. And um, it, it just came to the point where I thought, you know what, so I'll give like a couple of years uh, trying out drama, see if I enjoy it. And I did. And um, I've never really looked back. I, did, I literally just fell head over heels for it. But I did um, I did theatre, say, more for like 10 years or so. And then uh, the last five years, I've just been flat out just working on film acting, which in itself is almost like a totally different line of work. Okay. It's um, Yeah, I mean, I love indie film. I'm, I'm totally in love with it. So, yeah, that's my... Yeah, that's see, my... I, 
I, I love, I must admit, after doing the film festival, because um, we, we, we managed to get all the films together about a month ago to look through everything that was sent to us. And there was just some phenomenal work out there. I mean, it was just amazing. A lot better than you'd see the stuff in the cinema. Yes. I yeah. think that independent films and indie films kind of just get forgotten about when you've got the big blockbusters coming out. and. Yeah, they can do. I mean, the, the thing is... I mean, you're right in saying a lot of indie stuff, actually, in some ways, it can be more imaginative. Um, people think outside the box. They, you know, you're basically just getting creatives who are passionate about making film. And um, I'm sure most indie filmmakers or actors will tell you it's certainly not about the money. Um, nah. They do it because they have unique ideas or they have something that they really want to try out. And um, you're lucky if you can find like a, a pool of filmmakers who really want to make good quality stuff. But also, like I say, that they're sort of thinking creatively um, with a lot of Hollywood stuff. It's just a lot of regurgitations of stuff that's already out there because they yeah. are thinking about money. You know, it is a business when all said and done. Um, but that's why I'm much more of a supporter of indie film. But I've only found out really over the last couple of years that a lot of films that we maybe have grown up and enjoyed were indie films as well. They just did really well. You know, for yeah. example, Hall um, yes. you know, that's what horror films ever. That was an indie film. Um, I'm sure they have more budget than we're knocking around with in yeah. some of the productions that I do, but it's still an indie film, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. It's, it's, it's creative and it's people getting a chance to, to show what they can do, really. And Absolutely. that's what I love about things like Netflix, for example, um, because it now gives a platform for indie filmmakers to get their work seen by an audience, which is all we really want um, when I was doing them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So from, from your perspective, what are film festivals like? Because obviously for, I, I was a judge, so it was a different different for me. But from your perspective, having, you know, sit there and watching your film up and, and being judged, how do you how do you find that? What's that like for you? Well, I haven't had um, I haven't had films judged at a festival yet. I mean, the the, the things that I've attended have, have literally just been screenings for people okay. to just film um, like on a cinema screen or what have you. However, um, sort of film uh, festivals and competitions are something that I I mean I think they're brilliant because you know that you you generally get really high industry players watching your work. Again, you're getting the audience in, and it is nice to see um, and hear what people think of your work. I mean, it's a uh, it's a kind of goal of mine right now to be in a in a film that maybe gets screened at Fright Fest, for example. Yeah. I'd love to go up for some kind of nomination for my work personally, but also to see the teams that I work with succeed as well. Um, and going back on the Dead Air gang, they um, they were along at a, a festival recently promoting Dead Air, and they're such a nice bunch of people, and you really root for them. Um, yeah. So to... Yeah, you, you just want to get behind them. It's the same with any kind of competition, I guess. You just want to see them do well because you know all the work that has gone in behind the scenes is crazy. Um, and they're they're pretty modest as well. And um, they literally just want to, to see that people are, are with them with their projects and that they're supporting them, really. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I would absolutely love to have more of my projects in festivals. I think um, we missed the boat a bit on Escape from Cannibal Farm. Um, it did have some interest from certain festivals, uh, but I don't know whether or not it will still get the opportunity with that because it's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray sometime just before the, uh, the end of the year. Um, but uh, a film that I shot, um, I, I wrapped about three or four weeks ago called The Barge People, I'm really excited about. I'm very, very proud of that film. And um, I said to the team the whole time, I was like, please, can we just try and get this in some of those top horror film festivals? So they're all kind of keen to, to push for that. So I guess we'll see what happens with it. But I'd definitely be nervous if it does, you know, but be good. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, 
what is a scheduling like for for you as as an actress? So when you're doing a film, what what is it kind of all done all at once, or do you do it bit by bit? Do you shoot it in different sequences, or? Um, it literally depends on the production. Um, most of the time, that's the kind of thing you have to establish before you even agree to working on a project, because obviously you've got you've got a life as well, and you've got sometimes projects overlap, um, and you need to just check your availability. Um, it's more practical for everyone if you can shoot all in one big block. You know, if you're shooting for maybe with indie film, you tend to be shooting for about three or four weeks if it's a feature. Um, I know obviously the big Hollywood ones, they'll be shooting for maybe nine months or so. But, you know, yeah. we, we, we try to get stuff wrapped up within a month. Um, but you're not you don't always have that luxury. It depends on the location that they want to shoot in, who they're able to get hold of. Um, there might be certain actors that are only available on certain days and everyone just kind of makes it work together. But I've worked on um, a series before called Horizon, and we specifically shot an episode a day every day for 10 days. Um, wow. And that was a really hard schedule, but it was great. It was so fun. And you'd, it was just all consuming, you know, the whole time. We're just filming flat out the whole time. Um, but that that's nice uh, from, a, from an acting perspective as well, because if you're shooting it relatively sequentially, you're really getting into your character and you're able to yeah. stay that way for that whole period of time. So you can literally just live in that bubble, play the part, you know, there's no distractions um, where it, it can be harder if you've got like two or three week gap before you next come to set and then do another scene. It, you kind of, you lose like a certain energy that you maybe have just um, parted the last scene with really. Okay. When it comes to, to the roles that you, that you go for, what, what interests you in the particular roles? Is there something that, kind of that the character has well, to be to kind of grab your attention or i think i mean I, I speak on behalf of most actresses when i say that we like to play um just well-written uh roles and the reason i say actresses is because very often um females don't get written such great roles as, as the guys yeah. can do yeah. um and i'm often sort of known for doing um sort of badass action roles but really, it's not so much the power of the character, you know, wielding a gun and, and being really tough that I enjoy. It's women who um, are just strong for a certain reason. There's a reason behind their character. So, for example, um, one of my idols would be Ripley from Alien. Yeah, absolutely. And she's tough, not because she's like all muscles and, and all that kind of stuff. She's tough because she's protective. She looks after everyone. She's protective of Newt, the young girl character. Um, obviously, she can handle a gun as well, but also she's completely knowledgeable about everything she's saying and everyone respects her. So those kind of roles are really interesting to play. It can be quite disheartening when you get a script and you look for your character and you see they're just they're just there, I guess, to kind of elevate the male character. You know, they're kind yeah. of the leverage to make him become the man he's going to be. You know, you don't want to just be that character. You want to be somebody who's interesting. And actually, Ripley was written for a guy originally, so I find that kind of interesting that they, yeah. they changed it, and yet she's one of the best iconic female um, characters that you can play. I think with that in mind, the kind of character that I would most like to play would be someone who's tough because of their industry and their profession. So, for example, something like a detective. Yeah. Uh, who's, you know, they're going to have to be well written because they just would have to be in order to carry a story, you know. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. It's just about finding a character that you know that the writer has written with 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 passion, really, towards that actual role. They're not just tacked on there to, to make the story move forward. OK, awesome. You find that a lot of the characters you play at the moment are, are very different because looking when I was looking at the different characters you play, they all seem to have something very different about them and they're not like you say, just in the background, they are all quite prominent and up front and... 
I'm, I'm pleased that I'm pleased that you notice that actually, because I worry sometimes that it comes across that I play a lot of very similar characters. But um, although the genres are similar, um, I do try to to play something a little bit different. So I guess a more specific example would be um, in uh, in Escape from Cannibal Farm. I play a character called Jessica Harva, and she is. She was a brilliant, fun character to play for this reason. She starts off as a uh, just girl next door, a little bit shallow. Then she becomes a victim. So I had that kind of challenge to play, which I enjoy playing. But then she comes through it and then comes back as actually one of the toughest, most terrifying characters in the film. Um, so that was brilliant. That was this whole arc that I got to play as just one character. Um, in The Barge People, the one that I just wrapped my character is, I had to kind of pull it back again, and she almost kind of starts out like Ballsy, one of the groups, she's yeah. a tough one, and then she gets broken down and broken down, and actually she's quite weak towards the end. So that was quite nice and interesting too. Um, and the same to be said for Nicole, who I play in the series Horizon, she's got that arc as well. She's the kind of character that people really don't like when they first see her, um, and the writers very fairly gave me a chance to show a nicer side to her and justify why she is the way that she is. And hopefully they'll be rooting for her by the end of season two. Um, but yeah, I, I like variety. I mean, you you are yourself. You know, you can't really change your appearance, but you can change the kind of roles that you play. And you can play around with vulnerability. You can play around with accents. You can play around with costume, obviously. Um, but I do tend to have an element of slight toughness or sassiness to my characters. It's kind of ingrained in me, and it comes out in, th in certain roles. And it's actually more of a fight for me to to not use that sometimes yeah. on screen okay awesome what um what's your favorite accent to do then you said obviously you messed around with accents do you, you do any any funny accents or any accents that, uh... any right now i mean i i suppose one of the the easier ones would be australian and i don't know why i think it might be something to do with the fact that i grew up watching home and away and neighbors okay. religion. um <laughs> and um i guess one that most actors should be able to do it as a US standard um, accent and, and different uh, different American accents as well because it opens more doors for yeah. you professionally if you can do those. Um, but it's quite nice to just dabble with with different things: Welsh, Irish, um, French, anything really. Um, can you, can you do a good Bristolian accent? This is the thing. Obviously, I'm from Bristol, yeah. but my Bristolian accent is a bit. I don't. <laughs> I, mean, I, I suppose I spent so much of my life making sure that I didn't get a really strong Bristolian yeah. accent. And then when I need to do it, it just sounds a bit forced. And in fact, the character in um, The Barge People was notably Bristolian, and they mention it a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't sound that Bristolian, I suppose. But yeah, but Bristolian's brilliant. I mean, it's it's a, it, it's hard to play it seriously, I think, because it's it's kind of a funny accent. It, but I do love Bristolian, you know, yeah, I love, I love not, my Bristolian roots. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I said to you before, my brother lives in Bristol, um, and he oh, started to yeah. pick up little little twangs every here and there, and it's quite it's quite endearing <laughs> yeah. to hear. Um, I like the accent. I think it's great, and I think you know it's it's good that regional accents in the UK are being more are more prominent now, as opposed yeah. to what they were. With, you know, the, the standard English accent. They certainly are. I think in in commercials as well, but also I think accents make people a little bit more friendly sounding. Yeah. They're a bit more endearing. Um, but yeah, I just I just sometimes laugh at the Bristolian accent. I can't help it if I hear it on like a. a a news interview or something. As soon as I hear the Bristolian set in, I'm like, oh, God, no. See, for me, it's Russell but, Howard. Yeah. Every time I hear Russell <laughs> Howard, I'm, I just, I just, I love hearing him talk. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But... I think with, with me, it's, um, it's one of those things where I don't have one all the time. I think people that aren't 
from Bristol sometimes pick up a slight twang, but definitely after a few glasses of wine, the Bristolian accent properly comes out. It's like all the barriers are dropped now and out comes the reality. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same for most people where, you know, when they try and hide their, not necessarily hide their accent, but they outgrow it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, okay, so talking about, you've got quite a few coming out next year, so... Um, which one are you most excited? I know it's horrible to ask. Which one are you most excited about about being released? I don't mind, really. I mean, the thing is, I couldn't just nail it down to one. I guess specifically, um, I'm excited about Dead Air. I'm really excited to see what the guys are able to do with that. Um, because it was just pure fun to shoot. And, you know, as I said, we had these little gremlin-type critters. I'm smashing them around with a bass guitar down an aeroplane. Like, I just want to see that film. It's a film I would go to see, hence where I took the role. Um, the Barge People means a lot to me um, because it was written by my best friend, Chris Lombard. It was produced and directed by another close friend, Charlie Steeds of Dark Temple Motion Pictures. So it's that to us is almost like a family unit. Yeah. We, we worked so hard and we... Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of passion involved in that film, I guess. So if it is a success, we can take that one together. And if it's not, we can still come together and say, like, we made it happen. You know, we had an idea and we made this film happen. Um, and also it's fun. I, no, people don't know a lot about the concept of that film. And I, I am allowed to say a little bit about it, but um, it is essentially... Uh, the first maybe 40 minutes of the film is a bit like the horror film Eden Lake. Okay, so the yeah. horror comes from, um, I never find the right word to say this, okay, but they're like chavs. So okay. that we get harassed by these chavs um, on a barge trip that we're on. And just when the audience comfortably thinks, oh dear, you know, this is already a horror, another group of baddies come in and they are these horrible deformed fish type creatures absolutely gross um and our lot and the chav characters have to team up to survive these creatures so it's a creature feature as well as like a full-on thriller as well so it was um it was a lot of fun to shoot and i think or we hope that people will enjoy it because it ties together say eden lake the fog um, the Hills of Eyes and The Wrong Turn, some of my favourite horror films. So, again, it's a film that I would enjoy to go and watch. Um, and lastly, uh, there's uh, the series Horizon. Um, people really enjoyed season one, and that's a sci-fi. Um, that's already out there to watch. But season two, we worked really hard on um, over the last year or so. And that's coming out at the very start of 2018. And I'm dying to watch it. I've seen some of the rushes back. Um, but I'm dying to actually have that out there because we do have um, a dedicated kind of fan base to that. And I can't wait for them to see what, what we've done with it, like how, how the story's extended and what we've done with the characters and stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited to go and see that. Awesome. And Horizon, is that, gonna, is that on like Netflix, Amazon or is that? Um, it's, uh, it's literally free for people to watch right now online on okay. webseries.com. I think that's the okay. address. Or YouTube. It's, uh, yeah, and it's a very, it's a, it's a mini series. Um, each episode is very short. It's between maybe, I think they said something like seven minutes and 10 minutes in length each episode, but there's 10 episodes in a, in a, in a row, or they've edited it into one feature length episode. Yeah. It's all shot and set in Bristol, but you've got, um, things like spaceships attacking Bristol suspension bridge and some of our iconic landmarks, but it's not actually, it's not actually hammy sci-fi. Yeah. The story is more about um, how real people react to something that they don't, you know, they don't know what's going on. There's yeah. this big act 
important. They look up, there's this thing in the sky and it's more about humanity and how we treat each other in this kind of time of need. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so season one's already out there to watch and season two will be released episodically at the start of the year. And then once all of the episodes are aired, they're probably, um, I would imagine, edit season one and two together to turn it into a feature. Awesome. Cool. That's, that, that sounds really good. I think, I, I, was, I think, like you say, things like that and being putting them on online for people to watch for free is a lot more accessible than, yeah. say, Netflix or Amazon, I suppose, because you have to pay subscription fees and that kind of knocks it back a little bit. Yeah, like I say, I mean, with with um, a lot of the people that I work with, they just have things they want to make and they'll make it happen. And they're not there for a profit. They're not there to take money off people to watch it. We just want people to be able to see it if they're interested. Um, and sci-fi has such a great fan base in general. And again, sci-fi could be quite broad, but we're really thankful to the people that do get behind the show because they're brilliant. And as each episode came along, they were... Um, getting back to us on social media, sort of speculating about what's going to happen next and discussing their favourite characters and what was going on and just knowing that you're putting something out there for people to watch yeah. and they're responding to it, brilliant. I mean, that's that's all we want for it, really. Just want people to enjoy it. Yeah. And how do you find feedback on... Because, like you said, you use social media a lot. How do you find the feedback coming through from social media when you're promoting and, and, and everything? Um, I mean, people are really supportive. I suppose you can't win everybody over, um, but I'm quite lucky that I have a good following and um, they tend to get behind a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, And if they don't, I understand that as well. You know, I have what I have to do is I, I like to put something online several times a day, every day to keep people in the loop about projects that I'm working on or have previously worked on or will soon be working on or promoting friends um, with their gigs. And I even retweet several of my own tweets just to bump them up because I just think people don't want to listen. They've just got to unfollow you. It's totally cool. But I, um, you you can't take things personally, you know, Um, but I have been so lucky with my followers and they, they, they jump on board the projects I'm working on. They also help to promote it. They sometimes send me lovely things in the post, which is amazing. Um, And they come along to screenings as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love my social media following. It's the best thing I could have really as an indie actress. Awesome. How do you find finding the time to do it? Because obviously if you're shooting and you, you don't get the chance to, like you say, put the tweets out, how do you find paying catch up with that? Um, I mean, I think most of the time people can tell when I'm not working because I will be all over social media. And if it does go quiet for a bit, the chances are I am on set. Um, but uh, I still sneak off and do it when I'm on set. I'm just like, yeah. oh, I need to go to the bathroom and I get my phone out and I'm tweeting something or other. <laughs> um, you just make time. But to be honest, it is it, it has become another job. Um, the way I see it is uh, at the moment, I'm not represented. I've chosen to not have uh, an agent currently. Okay because I had projects that I was dealing with myself. Um, So I feel that social media is my chance to be the agent for myself that I wish that I had. So I have to treat it like a job. I'll get up early in the morning. I'll turn on all my, um, you know, my computers and everything, and I will start promoting or I'll start looking for work or I'll start doing anything that I feel that I need to do via social media. Um, Even if it's just wishing people a wonderful week, because that brings people in, they look at your page and then they might see, um, you know, something that you're working on. So it is a job. And I'm happy to treat it as such because um, I just the way I see it is nobody else is going to do that for you. You've got Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, how do you how do you feel about all of the, the the increase in like we were talking about strong women a while ago and it's kind of just popped into my head. Things like Wonder Woman has really brought strong women to the screen, which is about time. 
How yeah. do you how do you feel that that's going to impact you as an actress moving forward over the next say the next twelve to eighteen months? I mean, I I love it. I. I I didn't adore the Wonder Woman movie, but I love everything that it stands for. Yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins did an incredible job. Um, she put sort of female filmmakers, I say more so on the map. She didn't put them on the map. They were already there, but she really stood out. Yeah. Um, Gal Gadot, amazing actress, beautiful, really played the character perfectly. You know, I can't fault any of the bits of the film. My only grievance with it is I'm, I'm not a mad fan of too much CGI, but that's yeah. another story, I suppose. Um, I hope that it opens more doors. It makes people see the popularity of these kinds of characters, so hopefully more will be written for us. Um, and I think you can look at someone like Wonder Woman in, in different ways. You can say, all right, so she's she's hot, she's beautiful. Of course she is. We can all see that. Um, but actually what's really nice about her is the character has brilliant morals as well. Yeah. She fights for a reason. She fights for a purpose. And actually her audience find that really endearing and they're rooting for her. Um, and more of those kind of roles are important in... I guess, a day and age where people are a bit down in the dumps and feeling a bit like the world's turned to rubbish. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's nice to just have something. I mean, I remember tweeting something at the time saying, literally just seeing uh, an image or a gif of Wonder Woman made me feel happy. Yeah. And um, uh, it'd be nice to be involved in <clears throat> in projects that also make people feel happy, make young women feel inspired um, to be better versions of themselves, really. Okay. Awesome. I'm I'm really hoping actually that it opens the floodgates for more strong female leads in role in in films. I mean I know we had Ripley, um, and there's obviously Wonder Woman, but it'd be nice to see a lot more stronger female roles yeah. in films as yeah. opposed to it being very male dominated. Because I think that that's it, it's it's just bog standard now. They need to kind of push the button and do a little bit. When they did it with Ghostbusters, it wasn't a great film, but it was a step in the right direction. And Mad Max as well, actually. Absolutely, yeah. At least Theron was was. I mean, I think she kind of stood out in that film. Really, I yeah. thought she. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, other idols of mine would be, um, say, Sarah Connor um, and Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Like those kind of roles. Just yeah, we just want more. <laughs> um, yeah, just anything that just kind of uh, again, women that are well written, but it's not all about like sexuality or anything like that. No. They're just half normal women um, telling a good story, really. And and I say they have a massive following of young females that want to aspire to be like that. Um, so yeah, the more the merrier, really. And uh, how do you feel about uh, the new Doctor? Uh, whether you I don't know whether you follow Doctor Who or. I'm not. Um, I'm not a mad Doctor Who fan, um, but I'm. I'm pleased to see that we've got a female Doctor. I think if they're kind of going along the lines of the Doctor changes all the time and there's no real um, stipulation on what they have to be, yeah. why not woman? You know, um, and yeah, delighted to see it be a thing. Really, I'm. I'm as I say, I don't. I'm not a mad fan of the the show. I can't pretend to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited that they've made that decision. So that's cool. It's a, being a you know, huge as it is in both sides of the pond i suppose it, it'll be great for for young girls to have something that they can really aspire to definitely i mean yeah it's it's important um role models i think fashion most of what we become and actually my most of my role models growing up were men <laughs> um i wanted to be robin hood i wanted to be arnold schwarzenegger i wanted to be a terminator like you know i had all yeah. these things that they Children look up. They look up at what people are achieving. They look up at characters. And, um, yeah, just, you know, the more we have, the better. And, actually, I think that a lot of the reason why I know I personally love something, for example, like Game of Thrones, it's because the women – I mean, there's a lot of women not treated so well in that show. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit exploited and stuff. However, the 
strong females in that show are incredible. They're absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, sort of even as, as, as heroes and villains within it, they're all interesting, well-written characters and, and their stories are engaging and engrossing and it's popular. People just need to see it's popular yeah. to have <laughs> these, these great, well-written uh, female parts. So. Excellent. Based on your own um, experiences and as, a, as an indie actress, what would in what kind of information what would you give to people starting out as being actresses and what what would you what advice would you give them in kind of building where, where you are in terms of an indie actress i think um the most important thing i would ever say to anyone aspiring to be an actor or in fact anyone who wants to be anything is um if you want to do it then you've got to just go and do it and you cannot you cannot for a second absorb the negativity that you are a hundred percent going to get um, from people. Um, I, when I worked, I used to be a support worker at a college. Um, I worked in the drama department, and I heard a teacher telling the class that, "Oh, there's no point doing drama because you're never going to get any work in it." And that broke my heart. I thought, "How can you tell people when they're just starting out and passionate about something yeah. that there's no chance for them?" And I kind of made it like a personal mission to prove them wrong. Um, and I said, my, yeah, my first thing is, you know, if you want to do it, then just go and do it. Um, and while that doesn't sound achievable or easy, you've just got to work through the steps. Um, you've just got to get some experience, first of all. So find someone that you can work with, even if it's just a friend with a camera. Um, uh, you know, find people that have got ideas that they've written because writers are just as um, hungry to get their work made um, and just as insecure as actors can be. So if you can find people creatively with similar um, passions to work alongside, you can start to make things happen. Um, and I think with indie film, um, it's about really genuinely taking an interest in other people's work. You know, if you go along to people's screenings, if you go along and see them, um, if you go along to their award shows or, or even just take them out for a coffee to talk about their projects, the chances are you will pop into their head when they're casting their next gig because because you've created a, a genuine, sincere um, relationship. And that's why I'm, I feel quite lucky within horror is um i've never hidden my passion for horror and um it's quite it's quite real so people know that um they know that i know what i'm signing up to if i take yeah. on a project because indie film is not easy you know we do work ridiculous hours we're doing night shoots sometimes we're absolutely freezing we might not be eating enough we're probably not getting paid much for it you've got to know what you're getting into yeah and um and just kind of go from there and just get as much experience as you can and I think, again, I, I can't emphasize enough, just believe in yourself. And it sounds so um, corny, but it's true. And I, yeah, I've, I've just had to do that. You know, I, I've, I've had negative response to some stuff that I've done. Um, I don't always have the backing of all friends and family, but I've kind of made my peace with it now. Oh, it's yeah. like, well, I'm doing it and, and I will keep doing it, really. I've got no doubt that there'll be more work next year or the year after if I want to keep doing it, really. Yeah. But you've just got to kind of give yourself to the industry and just um, see what's going on and just be as involved as possible. And I've also found something that helped me kind of immeasurably was figuring out that the more you help other people, the more stuff will come back to you and... Um, I won't bang on about it, but I set up something called Showreel Share Day on Twitter, and it was an opportunity for actors to showcase their work 
we do it maybe two or three times a year. It's a day where we basically get it trending on Twitter. Okay. And it's a showcase of actors' showreels. And that was to help other people. But it's kind of come returned to me several times over. I was offered the role on Dead Air based on Showreel Shared Day because awesome. the day my work was exposed so much. But also some of my co-stars were plucked from Showreel Shared Day. So I was able to give opportunities to other people. And I recently started taking up casting myself. I, 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 I'm quite passionate about casting projects. And I used Showreel Shared Day to find actors for projects and, and, again, put people into work. So it's just about being in that bubble. It, it's not always about being the actor. It's about yeah. being one of the filmmakers and being someone that, that goes, right, that's a great idea. How can we actually make that happen now? We need this person, that person, that person. Let's get them together and we'll make it work. Even if it, you know, sort of it's not the best film ever, you need to make it in order to establish yeah. that. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. I really appreciate it. It's it's Pleasure. great to it's just it's great to just talk to someone who works in, in, in independent films and is so passionate about it as well. And I love horror films. So <laughs> I absolutely love horror films. It's it's my favourite genre, I think, of films. Oh, um, and I love the real dark stuff because you can get some, some films that are very light hearted oh. horror. It's not like yeah. it's not like the horror like when we were growing up. You know, when I was born in the early 80s, you had things like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, real, you know, dark stuff. Whereas now it's not so much, not in the yeah. big, not in the big picture. Whereas the films that you do are very, very dark, very scary films, and they, and that's the beauty of it. I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I prefer some of the stuff from the 80s too, the 70s and the 80s, yeah. um, and that's actually why I work very frequently with um, Charlie Steeds at Dark Temple Motion Pictures because he is obsessed with that kind of throwback retro dark horror, but also it's got that kind of 80s vibe to it as well, which I like. I'm not a huge fan of um, things like all these kind of possession type, yeah. um, you know, I, paranormal activity type films. It's, it's great. They're, they're, they're more accessible, I think, to people that are easily scared by horror. Um, but if you're a proper horror nut, you really want something a bit darker. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. And um, yeah, well, again, well, thank you for taking an interest. And uh, nice. I, I hope that you get a chance to see some of the, the films that I've uh, witted on about. <laughs> I really want I, I really want to see Dead Air. When I was reading about it, I, I really want to see it. And I want to watch the um, Cannibal Farm as well, because that, yeah. that sounds really, that sounds like, like say a bit similar to the Hills Have Eyes type film. Yeah, it so was that's... it was a heck of a lot. It was, it was a heck of a lot of fun to shoot, and I've watched it now maybe ten times, and I still really enjoy it. So I hope that uh, I hope that you get a chance to see it when it's when it's. Oh, I, I certainly will. I absolutely will. And uh, do you know when they're going to be released? Do you have a release dates for them? Or um, all we know is it's because it's it's now in the hands of the distributor. Um, okay. They have told us it'll be this side of Christmas, so obviously we're running out of time on that now. It's yeah. coming out in different countries. I think it starts, I might even already be out in like Sweden or something, okay. um, but it will be out in the UK very soon. So um, uh, don't worry, rest assured, when it does come out, I'll probably be promoting the heck out of it on Twitter. So. That's fine, I'll be, I'll be watching. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you say it's out, then I'll go and get it, because I, I want to watch both Dead Air and, uh, and Cannibal Farm and, and the Bath people, because that sounds actually that sounds really interesting you know so yeah it sounds really good no i'm really i'm looking forward i love proper horror films proper horror films 
so good. <laughs> it's, nice, it's nice to see proper horror films being made. Um, but yeah, thank yeah. you so much for your time. I know that you're, you're very busy, so I do really appreciate it. Um, I love it. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, hopefully I get to speak to you again soon. Yeah, we know where I am and I love Absolutely. to chat. So, uh, <laughs> anytime you like. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Kate. Have a great weekend. And Take you care. Too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.